Hello everybody, Token here with the Token and Hop Show. Um, I wanted to let you guys know before you started this episode, there were a lot of technical difficulties when it came to recording the show. For some reason, starting off Lonnie uh, wasn't connected, so we couldn't hear him at first. And at about the 20 minute mark of the episode, I don't know why this happened, but first my microphone stopped working. And my then, my internet went out. So about 20 minutes in, there is no token in the Token and Hop show. It's our guest hosts, Lonnie Dupree and Hobbs. So that was a bummer. And that's why it took so long to put this episode out. But wanted to let you guys know, before you listen, that there were a lot of technical issues going on during the recording of this episode. So if you can get through that, I hope you enjoy. to the Token and Hop Show on the Roads to Liberty Network. Hello, hello, hello. What is up, everybody? It's Tuesday night, and you know what that means. It's another exciting episode of the Token and Hop Show here on the Roads to Liberty Network. And today we're joined by a special guest, He's one of the hosts of the Think Liberty podcast, Mr. Lonnie Dupree. What is up, man? Lonnie, are you with us? I don't think he is. Oh, boy. We may be having some technical difficulties. Uh, But I'm here, and my (laughs) co-host, Mr. Hobbs, is here. What's up, man? It's Tuesday. It's Tuesday. Yep, we are live here on a Tuesday night. I'm going to try to get Lonnie back with us. Give me a second to try to fix this out. Uh, Talk to us about some conspiracy shit in the meantime, Hobbs. (laughs) Well, there was a 100 and I believe 27 page report filed by the uh, Fairbanks... Uh, Institute of Technology and Mines, or something like that. Let me let me uh, look it up here real quick, and we'll talk about it for just a second. Let's scroll up. Here we go. Top engineers released study proving that office fires did not contribute to World Trade Center Seven collapse. Lonnie, are you with us? Yeah, I'm here now. And we can. I hear awesome. I heard you. All right. Oh, we are oh you heard me? All right, cool. I heard you. We are, we're all together now. Okay, now uh, thank you, Hobbs, for filling in that time while we dealt with technical difficulties and letting us know about the latest and greatest from the wild world of conspiracies. Um, okay, so before we get into the meat of the episode, a few... Uh, few things I want to fill everybody in on first. Remember, if you're listening to the podcast on whatever podcast app you favor, we this is a live stream show. If you want to be part of the conversation, Tuesday nights at 9 p.m. Central is when you can do that. We read comments live on the air. Just visit our Facebook page. You can be part of the conversation as well. Um, so if you've ever wondered how we read comments from people, that's how we do it. Um, also, we just had an episode uploaded yesterday, uh, Kim Ruff and John Phillips of the Ruff Phillips campaign. They're running for president and vice president 
of the Liber- uh, of the United States under the Libertarian Party. Just uploaded an episode of the two of them yesterday, so go ahead and check out check that out. And next week, um, Monday night at 9 p.m. Central, I'm going to have Ken Armstrong, who just announced his bid for the nomination of the Libertarian Party for president. He's going to be on the show next Monday. So if you have questions for him, please check it out. Uh, tune in to the live stream or simply visit our event page and leave a question there and we'll be sure to pass it on to him. All right, so now with all that out of the way, we can actually get started with the show. And first thing I wanted to talk about is we talk a lot about guns on this show. This is no say. We dedicate almost the entirety of last week's episode to gun-related issues. And we talked hey, about... Y'all are gun nuts? I'm out. No, oh, okay. no, I'm Get out of here, Lonnie. <laughs> <laughs> but no, we did... We 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 talked some shit about the NRA last a uh, couple weeks ago. I think it was. Um, I think was something about how they're a bunch of fake gun supporters. They're only in it for the money. They only support police organizations. They don't actually give a shit about the individual right to bear arms. But I don't think any of us would go so far as to call them a terrorist organization, which is apparently what the city of San Francisco decided to do last week. Uh, Let me read you a little bit from the Washington Post. The San Francisco Board of Supervisors passed a resolution Tuesday declaring the National Rifle Association a domestic terrorist organization and urging the city to examine its financial relationships with companies that do business with the group. The sharply worded declaration noted recent acts of gun violence, including the July shooting that killed three people, all younger than 26, at a food festival in Gilroy, California, south of San Francisco. Quote, the National Rifle Association musters its considerable wealth and organizational strength to promote gun ownership and incite gun owners to acts of violence, it reads. The National Rifle Association spreads propaganda that misinforms and aims to deceive the public about the dangers of gun violence. And the leadership of the National Rifle Association promotes extremist positions. Extremist Mm. positions, I say. Uh, in in defiance of the views of the majority of its members and the public and undermine the general welfare. So, Lonnie, you're our guest today. Any thoughts on this? Uh, I mean, I think that sounds absolutely ridiculous. I mean, uh, I mean, talk to any, well, I mean, really more people that are libertarian and into guns and into gun rights and stuff and and they'll they'll put the NRA through the ringer. I mean, they have nothing good to say about them. Uh, so, I, I mean, that I, I tend to agree. Uh, I, I don't know where this stuff from San Francisco is coming from. Well, it's coming from San Francisco, obviously, but you know, it, it, it's I don't. It, that doesn't make much sense. I mean, a terrorist organization. Yeah, uh, that's. That's no. <laughs> the thing about the, that's the thing about the wording in here, is like the organization promotes gun ownership. Yeah, the National Rifle Association yeah. promotes gun ownership. Oh my god, Imagine that's amazing. My shock. Imagine my shock about that. And 
that apparently is a terroristic thing to do. It it, it is something encouraging law-abiding citizens to own firearms apparently makes you a terrorist. Right. This is this is just more example of the left's little word games that they like to play. And it's also uh, uh, we, we talked something about a, a similar thing where uh, they'll they'll word things in such a way so that you subconsciously build up your mental heuristics in order to uh, make immediate word association. So they label the domestic terror label the nra a domestic terrorist organization and then they say that the nra supports gun ownership and then they say that gun uh, they, they say that uh, uh they what was it like inciting violence which the nra has never incited violence to anybody but you're immediately going to draw those mental shortcuts in your mind that owning a gun or advocating for gun ownership equals advocating for violence or simply guns equal violence. And so that's what it's doing. It's a mental conditioning tactic. They're not, they don't really think that the NRA is a terrorist organization, but they're hoping that they're going to be able to fool some people into thinking that they are. And unfortunately, it's a tactic that seems to be working a lot of the time because these people that are fooled by this tend to be those obnoxiously loud social justice warrior types and the squeaky wheel always gets the grease. Yeah, that's the thing about it. And they do their, they do go into that. Uh, they, they incite gun owners to acts of violence. I've never once heard anyone in the NRA, NRA uh, call for an act of violence. I've never heard of an NRA m- member uh, committing one of these mass shootings that they're always talking about. Now, I've heard of members of the progressive left committing mass shootings, which is very odd because they always try to say that every mass shooting is an act of white national nationalism. Uh, we all know that that's not true, but now they're trying to say that simply owning a gun and advocating for gun ownership makes you a terrorist. Uh, the NRA spreads propaganda and misinforms and, and misinforms uh, the, the public. Uh, no, they just disagree with you, and 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 they and they spread arguments supporting their side of the issue. Right. I I, I really I wish that they would spread propaganda. Right. Uh, but they don't. <laughs> yeah. They they're 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 too safe. Right. They're they're, they're too safe. They don't want to they don't want to offend anybody because I I get it. They're trying to play the game. You know, they're trying to. You know, okay, well, maybe we can give a little bit here. You know, I get what they're trying to do. I don't like what they're trying to do. I get it, but I, I wish, I wish that they were the not the terrorist organization, but I wish that they were some of these things that they're accusing them of. Right. Yeah. Like I, I'm a I'm yeah. a life member yeah. of the NRA and. I get a monthly magazine from them. They they have like three or four different publications that you get to you get to choose one when you become a life member that they send to you every month. So I get the one that's more politically oriented from their uh, Institute for Legislative Action, and their positions, uh, they're they're very uh, very rhetoric heavy, 
but they're also very statistics heavy and very fact-based heavy. So they do weave a lot of political rhetoric in there, but all of it is backed up with hard numbers. And that's the thing is that right. they just the people on the other side, they don't seem to care about facts and numbers. They care about feels. It's it's feels over reels. Yeah, and it kind of reminds if, if anyone watches Game of Thrones, it kind of reminds me uh partway through the series, one of the characters is accused of something horrible. And he goes, I wish I was the monster you claim I had. I didn't do this horrible thing, but I wish I, I had done it. I actually thought I actually thought of that quote whenever I was saying that I wish that they were, you know, and, and I was like, no, let me not do the Game of Thrones thing, but you know. <laughs> well, I, someone had to do it, so it had to but be yeah. me. But yeah, I wish the NRA was what they claimed. I wish the NRA right. was this gung-ho rah-rah Second Amendment organization that just didn't give a shit about the left's agenda and just decided to fight them tooth and nail on every position they have. I wish they were like that. I wish the NRA actually had guts. I wish they had a set of balls on them, but they don't. We all know they don't. They are moderates. The NRA, This is what really pisses me off about it. The left likes to pretend that the only reason anybody ever supports gun rights is because the NRA brainwashed us to do it. Like, no, the NRA exists because we support gun rights. That's why the NRA exists, to, to represent the views of a very large portion of the population. It's not the other way around. And the NRA gets shit from actual gun rights supporters because they're not an actual gun rights organization. They're just a means of funneling money towards a special interest group. That's what the NRA is. Right. And the fact that the left is so obsessed over them is hilarious to me, but also very scary because they could label this moderate gun group a terrorist organization. I mean, what right. does that mean for NRA members in South in, in, in San Francisco? Are they now members of a terrorist organization? Can they now be prevented from getting on an airplane? Can they now be spied upon and have their phones wiretapped by the city of San Francisco? Because it's a domestic terrorist organization after all. Why not? The implications of this are widespread. Yeah. And that's that's what's that's what's coming next is the uh, NRA's domestic terror organization. So now they're going to probably, if they get away with this little thing, they're probably going to subpoena the NRA for any uh, membership in their area, in their jurisdiction, and then they're going to label those people as members of a terrorist organization, and then whatever comes with that. Hey. <laughs> Hi, Kitty. <laughs> for those of you not watching, uh, Lonnie's cat just walked across his keyboard in front of the camera. That was pretty um, so the NRA is fighting back. They've decided to sue the city of, Ca of San Francisco as well. They should. Yep. Um, all, yeah, all 11 members of the San Francisco uh, board voted for this. I'll read you a little bit more of what they had to say. Um, quote, the NRA conspires to limit gun violence research, restrict gun violence data sharing, and most importantly, aggressively tries to block every piece of sensible gun violence prevention legislation proposed at any level, local, state, or federal, apparently opposing uh, infringements in your Second Amendment rights makes you a terrorist. That is essentially what this document is saying. If you oppose the left's ideals of Gun, uh, of gun control, you are by definition now a terrorist. Yep. And we're terrorists. Oh, you got me. I'm a fucking terrorist now. 
According to the city of San Francisco. Um, do, do, do. Boogaloo oh. win. I don't know, man. Uh, going on, when they use phrases like, I'll give you my gun when you pry it from my cold dead hands on bumper stickers, they're saying reason debate about public safety should be met with violence. No, no, no. That's not what they're saying. They're saying your <laughs> no. property can be met with violence. Right. Right. It's, it's, it's an absolutely asinine the, argument. The, the, anti, the anti-gun people, they're the ones that don't want the debate. They're the ones that, that want the, uh, the violence. Not, not gun owners. I, I mean, me, I, I have, I have, well, I used to have some guns before I tragically lost them in a boating accident, but, uh, uh I'm pressing F right I, now. I, I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't want to shoot anyone. I don't want to hurt anyone. Even if someone's breaking into my house, uh, I mean, if they're just trying to take an object, I may use the gun as a, hey, get out of my house. I'm not just going to shoot them for trying to take my Xbox, you know. Uh, now, yeah. if they turn around with a crowbar and raise it up, you know, to attack me, that's different. But I have no want or desire to shoot anyone. And, you know, I used to have guns yeah. before the accident. And, and that is, yeah, that is, uh, that, that, that seems to be the, the, the severe disconnect between people who are wanting to ban guns yeah. and people who, who want to, you know, maintain their right to, to own firearms is that we look at them as people with a bad idea, which is banning guns. They look at us as bad people, period. And they just want to, you know, oh, you're you're just a just a, a hair trigger waiting to go off and, and, and kill a bunch of people. No, that's that's not not how it is at all. And they use the, you know, what about the children thing or my personal favorite, which is, you know, why won't you just compromise? Well, compromise requires a little bit of give on both sides. You know, it's like to them, compromise is we want to take your guns, but we'll settle for a magazine ban or an assault weapons ban or whatever cockamamie bullshit they come up with today. And if they can get that little one step forward, they're happy with that. And they call they call that compromise. They get a little and we yeah, get nothing. That's- yeah, that that's not a compromise. No, that's not. That's just one no. small step towards an end goal. You know, if if it would be something like, you know, uh, we want a bump stock ban, and I want national reciprocity for concealed carry, and we do that exchange. I'm not happy with that, but that would be a compromise. But a bump stock ban, yeah, fuck that, you, yeah. is not a compromise. Right. <laughs> Yeah, I, I mean, with, with these different kinds of compromises, you know, with these kind of things, you know, they're, if you're going to compromise, you know, and it doesn't mean just guns, but anything, there's going to be some, all right, fine, we'll give you this, but we get this. Right. Not, not like, okay, I compromise, 
here, here they are. Here, here's all of them. Uh, yeah. Do you need the keys to my house too? Here, take those. Um, yeah. It, right. it's, like, would you like, like to install? You can install <laughs> yeah. a camera right there, and you can watch me. You know. Right. It's like they're they're. Their yeah. consolation to us is we'll shut up until the next conveniently timed tragedy that we can use to advance our position a little bit further. You know, their their temporary silence is their bargaining chip on the table, and our rights are ours. It's like, no, fuck you, dude. Not one more inch. Yeah, well, if you even if you get a temporary silence, I don't think you'd even get that from these people. I don't think if they got everything they wanted short of a complete and total gun confiscation confiscation that you're going to get any sort of silence from them you know anything less than a full ban on firearms you're not going to get silence on this issue from the left because that's ultimately what they want because well, look at what's going on in the uk right now they're arresting people for potato peelers i mean hey, it, it, here's shit. the thing about it here's the thing about it here's the thing about it the, their big thing right now is an assault weapons ban. It's complete bullshit and won't make any difference to anything whatsoever because those so-called assault weapons aren't any more deadly than your average run-of-the-mill hunting rifle. The only difference is they don't look as scary. Yeah. All right? Having a collapsible... Right, collapsible, and, and with collapsible, certain... Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead, Lonnie. Oh, no, I was, I was going to say, and with certain, certain kinds of weapons... They, you know, they want to use like the semi-auto with like the ten rounds and above. So, well, I have a bolt-action rifle that has a ten-round magazine. Is that an assault weapon? It actually is a World War II battle rifle. It's a Lee Enfield. Yep. Is that an assault weapon? It's a military weapon. Right. The weapon of Does war. It, you know? it is. It is literally right. it's a, a literal weapon. weapon of war. Right. right. That's the that's the um, thing that they don't seem to understand is like they they put that weapon of war label on things that are you know neutered facsimiles of the weapons of war of today when they don't realize that pretty right. much every single firearm traces its lineage in one way or another to a weapon of war from some time period in the past. Well, well, uh, if if we look at the if we look at the gun itself at its most basic level. Its only purpose is to kill. That's that's what a gun is for. It's to kill. Same as with a sword, a bow, a spear. That's its purpose. I, I mean, you, you're t you, but you're trying to apply this label to, like you said, the, these neutered weapons. The most of the AR-15s that you can get, they're just highly customizable. And most of the time, not in any way in rate of fire or anything. They're highly customizable cosmetically, um, but functionally, they're not really much different from a Mini 14 or a Browning Bar or right. You know, it, right. It's it's literally just one bullet, one pull of the trigger. And if we started making AR-15s out of wood. Do you think that would be a good uh, uh, <laughs> way to, uh, I've, way I've to seen, uh, kinda, I've kinda seen, settle this down? If we made them out of I've, I've seen some wood furniture in ARs, and they don't look too bad. 
I think Nathan's on mute. Nathan, you're on mute. Hmm. <laughs> I yeah. Anyways, um, so no, can't hear you, Nathan. <laughs> Fuck tonight. Jeez. <laughs> uh, nope. Sorry, Nathan. No. Drop out and come back. <laughs> we'll keep it going somehow, I'm sure. Can we do that? He's hosting. Hmm. I, I imagine. I don't know. Oh, look. There we go. It looks like. Yeah, it looks yeah. like it's working. No, Nathan, we can't hear you. <laughs> but I can see the God damn it. <laughs> Anyways, um, let's see. Let me pull up the notes here real quick, and maybe you and I can just uh, do a do a show without Nathan. <laughs> He's just gonna hold them up to the screen. <laughs> yeah. Oh, shit. Uh. Let's see what did what did what did he have on his notes? No, we can't hear you. No, we're lo- we're losing. We lost a third of our viewership. We lost a whole viewer. Yep. Jesus. Oh, maybe it's me. Maybe I'm bad luck or something. I don't know, man. We've had a uh, a pretty. Pretty bad run tonight. No, no, Nathan. (laughs) All right. Okay, let's see here. Okay, the next thing he has is Antifa calls black man a white supremacist. Oh, yes. The black man that they called a white supremacist is Daryl Davis. And if you know who Daryl Davis is, he is responsible for about, I think he had listed it in here, directly responsible for 40 to 60 people leaving the KKK and over 200 indirectly. Just by talking to them. Yeah, imagine that. What a novel idea, sitting down and talking to people. Who would have thought? Right, just... Yeah, it, it's almost as if if you have a disagreement that you can just talk and try to understand each other, you know, be open to one another. And maybe you might realize that, hey, I might be wrong. Maybe there's something to what, what they have to say. But right. you can't do that if you're holding signs and yelling and throwing bottles and all kinds of other goofy things that they do. Right. I I first heard about this guy back in like 2011 or 2012 when I was still living down in Georgia. And I read a, it was on a a Facebook post about him, about him. It wasn't like a story, it was just a post. And I, you know, it it caught my attention because here's this black guy standing in front of a closet with a whole bunch of like clan robes hanging up. And I'm like, well, this is Right. I I think I saw. uh... Yeah, it's like this is kind of the same thing. Like it, it may have been uh, from a documentary or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I want to say, yeah, it may have been the same thing. Yeah, and he's standing in front of this closet full of clan robes, 
and uh, and I'm like, well, this has got to be interesting to read. Like, you know, why is this guy standing in front of these clan robes? And uh, turns out that he he's a, a blues musician, and uh, he was playing piano in some bar. And he's playing like, I think it was like Jerry Lee Lewis or something like that, doing Jerry Lee Lewis covers. And after he was done with uh, with his set, he went up to the bar and he sat down and he uh, struck up a conversation with a guy. And the guy, you know, he's like, oh, I love Jerry Lee Lewis. And and, and uh, this guy, Daryl Davis, was like, oh, did you know that uh, uh, Jerry Lee Lewis's uh, main inspiration was some i forget who it was some black uh, blues musician and he's like oh no i didn't know that and then he got to talking right. more and more and then, yeah and then he found out that uh that uh, the guy was a member of the clan and he's like you know what he's like under any other circumstances i would have i would have hated you but you know you've, you've really changed my mind and you know maybe maybe y'all ain't so bad and uh that guy you know went and you know <laughs> Had his had his come to Jesus moment and uh, renounced his his clan membership and uh, like <laughs> gave the guy his his robes. He's like, you know, I'm uh, you know, I don't I don't want to be a member of the clan anymore. So then this Daryl Davis guy, he, he got the idea. He's like, well, maybe I should maybe I should try to sit down and talk to these people and and maybe just just show these people who hate me for no reason that you know their their prejudices aren't founded in any kind of reality and so we started having conversations with white supremacists and started changing their mind through being their friend being nice to people that hate right. you like what a novel thought killing them with kindness right, right. yeah i i mean I mean, sometimes, sometimes that's hard to do. Um, I mean, I don't, I don't know if I could do that. Like, if I could just find out somebody is like in the KKK and then be like, okay, well, now I'm gonna try some conversational, you know, whatever, and try to see if I can change their mind. I don't know if I could do that. I wouldn't like cuss them out or anything. I'd probably just make up some sort of excuse and walk away and right. never talk to them again. But right. This, this, this Daryl Davis guy has to have the patience and temperament of a saint to be able to do what he does like dozens of times. Right. Yeah. And in the, in this, in this instance, the, the reason why it was, is being brought up is because he was with a group. It was an event. Uh, he was a speaker at an ending racism event organized by Minds, which was part of a series intended to create dialogue and promote viewpoint diversity. The dreaded air quotes. Right. Well, Lonnie, I don't, well, Lonnie, you know. Lonnie, Lonnie, wait a minute. Do you have, do you have kids? I have one child. Yes. Okay. Is that them screaming in the background? So that is a cat. Oh, is it? I, yeah, I heard like that. that right okay. there. Yeah, that's a cat. Okay, I was I was thinking maybe we got Nathan back because he's got a kid no. that screams sometimes too. Damn it. No. But um, but yeah. So Antifa showed up, 
and wanted to uh, try to shut this down because it wasn't the approved viewpoint of anyone who doesn't think like me is a white supremacist. So therefore, Daryl Davis, a black blues musician, gets <laughs> white supremacist. Yeah, imagine that. That that is that right there is. This is okay. I gotta grab my 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 honkler here. This is peak. This is peak clown world, where you you've got you've got a a a black race relations expert who is personally responsible for de-radicalizing upwards of 200 supremacists, whether they be, you know, yeah. he said that he's like black and, and white. And that's just the ones that, yeah, and that, that's just the ones that, uh, that we know about. That's not, you know, the random person who may have opened up a Facebook video and seen him and was like, hey, maybe there's something to this, you know, and then went on their own, you know, and just got kind of kickstarted, you know, by something they seen from Daryl. Uh, I mean, right. the guy's in no way, in any shape, form, anything close to a white supremacist. Or any other uh, supremacist. Right. The, guy, right. the guy's about as Martin Luther King as it gets. Right. Uh, I mean, it's it, it's it's honestly one of the one of the most ridiculous things that that I've seen. I, I thought it was kind of hilarious, and, and you know, like like he says, uh, you know, he's been called just about every name. I'm sure we can imagine some of those names, but also right. race traitor, uh, Oreo, uh, a pimp and a prostitute. But first time that he's aware of that he's been called a white supremacist. Right, and this is um, this was uh, this was at a at a at an ending racism event. First and foremost, that's the name of the event, and the fact that right. he was just willing to have dialogue with people who may be white supremacists or or whatever. That was enough to get the artards over at Antifa out there to try and cancel. You know, cancel culture. the The fact that he would, right. he would he would dare talk to these people, give these people a platform, shock horror. Yeah, I, I, yeah. I, I don't know who else was was supposed to be on the event. Uh, I don't. I don't think I I saw a list of the uh, the other speakers or or anything like that. But uh, but yeah, I, I mean. It's hard to put into words because it's just such it's so ridiculous. It's clown world, you, you know. I, yeah, <laughs> you know, it, it it would be. It's it's almost like you know, as if you know, Martin Luther King rose from the grave, you know, and started saying the same things he was saying in the fifties and sixties, and this happened to him. This, which that, it like. It likely would happen. That's right. That's yeah. That's that's, 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 that's that's literally an episode of the Boondocks. Yeah, you yeah. Remember yeah. that one? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I, it's 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 absolutely insane. And it said uh, in the article I read it the other day, it said something like uh, uh, he had uh, white supremacists and alt right and white nationalists and 
and all these people that it was just, you know, just a, a, a get together to talk to these people and de-escalate them and say, mm-hmm. you know, you know, they're not out, you know, nobody's out to get you. Nobody's out to try and, you know, exterminate the white race or, you know, replacement right. demographics or, or whatever boogeyman that you've constructed in order to kind of cloister yourself away and get into these identitarian uh, policies and just, you know, you know, fencing it, at ghosts in the shadows and and whatnot. And then suddenly Antifa shows up and says, you can't talk to those people. Those are racists. They're unpeople. They're not even human. And it's like, you dumb motherfuckers are undoing everything that this guy is trying to do. You are making it worse. And that is the, that right there to me has like, I tried to, I tried to, uh, tried to put it into words a few weeks ago, actually, when I was talking with Nathan on one of these shows, is that Antifa is causing this sort of prison mentality. And that not just Antifa, but the far left is causing this prison mentality where it's like, like if I'm a white guy and I get sent to prison, like a max security prison, like I'm going to seek out the Aryan Brotherhood and get buddy buddy with them just to avoid getting killed or raped right. in the shower. I don't agree with right. them, but you know it's a it's a self preservation thing, and that is what these Antifa retards are doing by 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 unpersoning and deplatforming. It's like you know anybody that might have that tiny little shred of they're out to get me. They look at these Antifa rallies. It's like, oh wow, they really want to kill white people. I'd better hook up with some white people just to save my own ass. Right. Right. Uh, yeah. I mean, when the the reason people have most of these beliefs is because of fear and misunderstanding. Um. Don't make. Don't make what they mistakenly believe in a reality. You know? Right. Uh, yeah, I, I was kind of wondering, like, if I get sent to prison, like, where do I go? Because I'm, I'm mixed. I'm, <laughs> I'm half Mexican. Half. Where, where, where do I go? Do I? Can I be in both the Latin Kings and the Aryan Brotherhood? Like, how does, how does that You're, work? You. You're yeah, the ethnic don't land let the tattoo happen. It's going to bring them together. <laughs> you're, 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 gonna, yeah, you're gonna bring I mean, the Latin kings and the Aryan Brotherhood together and form some type of new prison super race. <laughs> yeah. You know, and, and that's that's like some of the other thing that I see from a lot of these uh antifa types is this um they, uh, some of them almost want like a segregation of races too. It, right, it's weird. It's in it's in some woke fashion, not in a, you know, nineteen forties Southern America fashion. But it, it, it's you know, it's kind of like uh, okay, well, what a what are people like me supposed to do? Right. You know? Yeah. Exactly. It's like you know, I. Mean, I, I I may be blonde hair. I mean, I, I kind of, you know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I, I kind of happen to think that, you know, I, I was kind of what 
you know, people like Martin Luther King were kind of kind of going for, you know, the people of two different races coming together, you know, and starting yeah. a life together and yeah, all this kind of stuff. I mean, yeah, you know, I, I kind of think, you know, that's that's progress. That's uh, that's uh, racial tensions uh, subsiding. That's you know all these all these things. Um, but I, know, I guess I'm wrong. You know, I don't know. Yeah, your, your existence is a lie. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Know, but they, and... they want to completely undo everything that's been that's been done since the the 1960s on on that front. It's just that instead of the heavy hand of the majority population through the state coming down and and uh segregating everyone off as being less than what they're doing is is, is through some type of like social pressure they're separating everyone right. off and calling it safe spaces you know it's like if, right. we, if we put it in this positive light segregation is a-okay right yeah you know, and, and of course, you know, you're going to relate more, you know, to, I guess, people that look like you. Uh, I mean, you have a tendency to, in your mind, think that they probably kind of understand you a little bit better. It's it's a natural human kind of tendency to do that. Yeah. Uh, but, I mean, that doesn't mean that you need to you know oh, oh, white people can't understand my culture so i'm gonna keep it to myself right or vice versa you know uh, I, I don't know that, that's you know I, and, and the thing is that you know that's that's what people like daryl davis is fighting against you know uh, trying to trying to bridge all those gaps and trying to tear down those walls and and all that Right, and that man single-handedly has done more to heal any kind of racial divide in this country than Jesse Jackson and Al Sharpton and Barack Obama combined. Right. I I don't know, we're kind of running up on an hour here, and we haven't really... Uh, I don't even know if we're broadcasting right now, to tell you the truth. I have no idea. <laughs> it, no idea. It, says, it says there's zero viewers, so I don't know if like we lost uh, the thing or or what. So I don't know it's, if it's, it's... Yeah, it says I'm live. Gonna check Facebook and see. Yeah, yes. I'm going to check Facebook and see uh, if uh, this would be on the Roads to Liberty, right? Yeah. Yeah, and and I went there to try and start a watch party, and it didn't didn't have anything. And hmm, yeah. Now it just says going live. Oh, I guess we are because Nathan's watching us. Says I don't even know if we're broadcasting right now. Right. Uh, huh. Weird. Okay, no. It, what you have in your uh in your watch party is playing. So, okay. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. We might have to do something 
something uh, some other time. Uh, yeah, maybe so. Yeah. So um, I guess I'll uh, close us out tonight and say that uh, why don't you plug your your institution first? Okay. Yeah. Uh, I'm with uh, Think Liberty. Uh, I was one of the uh, co-founders of it. Um, I also run the uh, the uh, Twitter account for Think Liberty. So I guess if you want to see more of my because they kind of just let me kind of run it almost like a personal Twitter. And <laughs> they said I could pretty much do whatever I want. I don't have to be as safe over there, I guess. So, you know, if you want to, you know, see more of me, I guess, go there. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, we've been doing Think Liberty for, for a good while now. We're at... Uh, likes a bunch of followers stuff like that it's going pretty good bunch of bunch of writers and stuff now um yeah good it's good stuff you know awesome. uh <laughs> but yeah uh i'm probably one of the worst people to uh to ask about you know things that are going on because like i don't even like look at like the facebook page and stuff <laughs> you know like i I'm, I'm too busy trying to uh keep the uh, the twitter the Twitter working and stuff like that. So I barely, I barely look at, at the rest of that, but yeah, I'm also a guest host or a co-host. I don't know exactly how it, uh, what my actual title is either guest or co-host of the think Liberty podcast, which is on the think Liberty network, which can be found, um, probably anywhere where you can find a podcast, um, iTunes, Stitcher, anywhere so if you want to go check that out uh we have several different shows there um yeah well, different kinds of topics and stuff like that um you know the show about philosophy some other economics kind of stuff and yeah all right awesome well i don't know if this is being recorded or what's going on or no. nobody is watching but uh if you can hear this and you don't know where to find us, this is the Roads to Liberty podcast group. You can find us on Facebook and Stitcher and Anchor and iTunes and all those other things, except for, I think, Spotify is the one that's being a bit obstinate and not wanting to let us on. We're on Facebook and Minds and Instagram, and I think we have a Twitter, but I don't know if anybody does anything on it because Twitter is an ocean of piss. And hey, <laughs> I, I can't stand Twitter. I had it for like three weeks. And I was like, this is too much, too fast. I don't like it. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a it's a little it's it is a little different. Yeah, yeah. Uh, sometimes. Sometimes we'll run a poll on Facebook and we'll run, uh, I'll run the same one on Twitter and we'll get completely opposite opinions. Yeah. yeah Twitter, <laughs> is, Twitter is a, Twitter is a special place. You must never go there. Uh, anyways. Yeah. yeah it's uh, uh, we also have a website roads, the number two liberty.com one solid word. That's not Rhodes, the number two spelled out. That's Rhodes to liberty.com. Check it out. Read articles. Catch our 
podcasts and whatnot. And that is about it. So uh, say bye to anybody who might still be watching. (laughs) Have a good night, everybody, and we'll see you in a couple of days.